Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're fresh off a of vacation. We are the podcast about the worst book ever penned. <laughs> we are uh, this week talking about the first half of Sarah Palin and mysterious authors' book, uh, Going Rogue. Or is we... it Going Rouge? Is it Going <laughs> Rouge? <laughs> I, I think it's starting Rouge and getting roguer as it goes on. Oh, all right. <laughs> We say this every week, but un- this one I mean it more than ever before. Under no circumstances should you listen to this book. This is not fit for human consumption. But if you're going to, the worst thing you could do would be to pay for it. So Audible has agreed to let our listeners get a free audiobook. You could use it for this one. If you go to audiblepodcast.com slash read it and weep, you could download it for free there. But don't. Really don't. Really, really don't. Alex, you said this book was penned. I think that's a bit too kind. This book was spawned. (laughs) (laughs) You're hearing all these voices. Let me explain to you who everybody is. Uh, First, uh, starting on your radio right. Okay, okay, he'll join your beauty pageant, but he doesn't want to. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Chris. Well, perhaps I could play the flute for my talent today. (laughs) (laughs) You probably could. Yeah, I totally could. (laughs) And uh, a little bit right of center, uh, if you're looking at your iPod right now, he's taking a year off from being pregnant to write a book. His name is Ezra. (laughs) Oh, I'm holding a baby. It's so cute. Oh, look at him. Is a year a bit too generous? I mean, wasn't this book slapped together in about uh, six weeks? (laughs) (laughs) including, Including the gluing process, maybe closing in on a year. (laughs) and tonight we have a very special guest he's joined us before so you'll recognize his voice he is such a patriot the star spangled banner makes him cry ladies and gentlemen it's steven i've responded in character voice but seriously don't read this book (laughs) (laughs) and of course i have such a powerful belief in the power of words that i'm going to try to be a sports journalist when i grow up (laughs) my name is alex (laughs) Thank you all for joining us. We do talk a lot about how we're reading the worst thing ever, but if I can be candid for a moment, about 20 minutes in, I actually called Ezra to tell him that I was giving up. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, luckily he didn't answer. I mean, luckily because we have a show, but sadly he did not answer, so I ended up continuing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got about. I didn't realize it was read by Sarah Palin as well as being written by an army of ghostwriters under her, her employ. <laughs> you know, once I heard her voice again, it brought up such bitter, bitter memories. But also, you know, I, I just couldn't freaking stand it. No, there, there's no doubt that makes it worse. Yeah, like a lot. It it does yeah. make it worse, but it also. I mean, I really wouldn't have it any other way for this podcast. <laughs> this is definitely as bad as it can get and so i'm so happy that it is the way it is really you wouldn't a, rather like point. kenneth branagh you know just kind of read this aloud i mean we were thinking about what the best uh reader for this would be and uh i was telling steve and i nominated uh christopher walken because i think that'd be <laughs> pretty great it, it would be fantastic like if somebody like like him did it seriously not not for comedic purposes <laughs> <laughs> i think i think the best reader would be someone who didn't speak english at all <laughs> just save us from then it would just be noise and I could handle that multi-pass kind of what it was I mean there, there were times when it, she seemed like she was uh, almost surprised by the words that were coming out of her mouth. I was so happy man 
Chris, I, I know how you felt in watching High School Musical because whenever there's a gap, right, I knew I was missing some chunk of Sarah Palin's <laughs> life that would never happen. <laughs> for, for an abridged book, she certainly doesn't seem to only focus in on important things. I mean, there was an awful lot of talk about the semifinals from her basketball in high school. Yeah, it's for like an what, abridged what, version of it. This is a good thing to skip right here. What did not make the cut? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Ghost Riders thought that was a seminal moment. You know, I, I have to be honest, though. That that part when she was talking about like the sports, I think that was my favorite part of the book <laughs> because, like, and it she, she should have been a sports writer. She's she, you know she's got a knack for it. Or her, her Ghost Rider Lynn Vincent uh, should have <laughs> right so. should have been the sports writer. <laughs> it was my favorite part because she was hobbled. <laughs> she was. <laughs> Since we're, yeah. we're pretty much already there, uh, and Stephen, you've, you've said something you liked about the sports section, maybe we should do our compliments, if we can find half of a compliment each. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to start. My first compliment, as much as I hate to say it, is uh, I've heard a lot of people before that give Sarah shit for naming her kids after the first thing she sees during the conception of her child. <laughs> and, and I wanted to say, I think those people are wrong. I think it's fun, and I love stupid fucking names. I think idiotic names for your children are great, so I, I really admire her for doing that. Because they're easily Googleable. Well, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, Chris, you might you might appreciate this. They have unique names, so they'll be easy to identify later. You'll look like, oh, am I am I friends with Rock Smith Jameson something 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 Palin? I'll know on Facebook that's who it is. It's the one friend I have with that name. With the name Rock, yeah. 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 Uh, no, I love that her son's name is Track. <laughs> right. It's because... She ran track in high school, and she likes it. And 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 because she was born during track and field. During track season, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. They did like it, but also because it was topical. <laughs> I was Piper is my favorite because Piper's name is Piper Indy Grace. Piper being an airplane her husband owns, Indy yeah. Independence, and Grace being God's grace. And I think that was a fun game, like the name an object one could have sex on, name <laughs> a vague political ideology, and name a facet of religion that you really like. And so, make it all spell out the uh, the producer of bacon, which is pretty good too. <laughs> pig. I, I, I not noticed that. I am Pig Palin. What? <laughs> I was just thinking. I was like, because it, it sounds from the book like she might keep having kids, so I can't wait to be introduced to Mustang Pro Life Ten Commandments Palin. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, I'll just give my compliment now because uh, there's too much temptation to start digging on this book. Um, I was super impressed. The English minor in me loves that Sarah Palin used uh, the word ironically actually correctly. Huh? I was I was shocked. I mean, it was a really it was really vapid. But she's like, yeah, it was kind of ironic that I was spending more money driving to these fundraisers than I was actually making for my campaign, <laughs> which yeah. is the correct use of irony. I mean, the outcome was the exact opposite of the desired result. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. at the same time, you know, it wasn't poignant. <laughs> so I think she managed to keep her core message while still using the English language correctly. <laughs> it's those moments. Where she's accidentally using the English language correctly, that you can you can really see the the fingerprints of the real author. <laughs> uh, um, my favorite moment came very early on. I think uh, on the first first minute or so of it, um, <laughs> it was uh, it was the foods that she named when she was at the, uh, oh. uh, the state fair. <laughs> Check it out. 
cotton candy and foot-long hot dogs, halibut tacos and reindeer sausage, and record-breaking giant vegetables grown under the midnight sun. The thing I liked about it was that she gave equal weight to both uh, masculine and feminine foods. Oh? There was cotton candy, then foot-long hot dogs, and then halibut tacos, and then reindeer sausages. (laughs) (laughs) The gender balance is really what does it for you. I, I like I like mixing phallic things with not phallic things. Yes. <laughs> uh, can I just point out that the low bar you guys just set for compliments? <laughs> one was a kid's name. One was using a word correctly, <laughs> and the other was gender neutrality in foods in the first page. <laughs> I want you to know, Stephen, that although it seems like a low bar, this was a stressful process trying to find something to compliment. No, yeah. believe me, I went through this too. I, it was hard. <laughs> well, what what did you come up with at the end? Well, I came up with with two things. One was the sports thing, and the, just that she she was okay at writing about sports, oh. um, so she really should have followed that path. But um, I guess no, 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 just no, no. Kind save, of... save your second thing. Okay, I'll, I'll save. I it. I mean, like I don't have a second thing yet. I I fully admit I I'm <laughs> blank. I'm hoping for something by the end of the show. Yeah, <laughs> Some, something will show up. Does she actually write about sports in the book? Like, did we get any of her articles, or just her talking about her? Sport no, just day? her talking about it. I imagine, but her narrative structure there—it uh, it just picked up. I found myself. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> but then when she was talking about sports and talking about how much she wanted it and everything, I'm not like, look, I'm not saying it was good. I'm, I'm just—I was aware she was talking about it, which is a, a high grade. Compared to well, that's that's some good heads up play there, Stephen. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh yeah, you're pretty good looking for a girl, but your back is so broken. So, this is terrible as nonfiction, right? We can all agree about that. Yeah. Nonfiction is such a broad brushstroke for this book. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad for nonfiction written by people whose last names are Palin. <laughs> I, I found it really hard uh, to not make this a political thing so I really want this discussion to be framed as if we're treating the character of Palin is this a good story right is this a good work of fiction because there's no way this bullshit's true <laughs> so you know it, it's definitely not telling the whole story so it's just can we just take this as you know not not as not as an autobiography, autobiography that's uh, truthful but instead just um, just a nice piece of storytelling and, and, and see where it goes from there I would like to make one caveat to that. I completely agree with that as a structure, except uh, we brought Stephen on, as you may remember from an earlier episode. Stephen is our political operative friend. So I would like to say that Stephen is the only one who's allowed to make political comments. Sounds good. Deal. And, you know, all I said was a political operative. I didn't say for who. Right, no. No one knows which side you're on. That's good. (laughs) You could be uh, part of the traffic Nazi party. (laughs) (laughs) Just just call me a teabagger. (laughs) 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 all right well so with that in mind uh i think we should at least summarize the ground that we've covered so far chris uh you've been injured a lot but i if you what you said before is correct you're gonna play through the injury (laughs) to your summaries and just you're gonna do it anyway this week is that true yeah no that's true you know i may have broken uh my right summary (laughs) yes i drew a foul but was it worth it i don't know you know maybe maybe the stats will show but i i'm gonna play through because you know this is my year you know this is my year to shine (laughs) for my hometown well i'd love to hear it then so so hobbling hobble through the summary of the first half of this book for us so uh uh there's sarah (laughs) (laughs) 
Sarah doesn't like abortion. There you go. Well, Sarah doesn't like abortion, but she also doesn't like a, a few other things. She really doesn't like politics. Yeah. Yep. And she has a good enough butt to get picked as Miss Wasilla. <laughs> so again, setting the bar very low. Yeah. <laughs> um. So basically, she starts a career in politics because you know that ass just won't quit. <laughs> and she decides that she's going to be mayor of Wasilla, and then she becomes lieutenant governor, and then governor, and then uh, vice presidential nominee in the 2008 uh, United States general election. Um, oh, also, she's a breeder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so the second half of this, this show, we'll probably talk more about the nomination and everything after that, but so far, most of this is just like early years, and, and yeah. sort of a very thorough and complete resume of every job she's ever had. Right, and how much she loves Alaska in each and every single one of them. <laughs> she loves Alaska. You, you guys, you guys think you know, but you have no idea how much mm-hmm. she loves Alaska. She does love you know, it a lot. You know who has a big boner for Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? But it's Sarah Palin. Oh, oh, it's Sarah Palin. oh but, that's honestly that's the Cliff Notes version of the first half of this book. <laughs> good, good night, everybody. <laughs> You you mentioned that, that she really uh, doesn't like politics and there's and she doesn't like abortion and she does like Alaska. I actually early on I noticed that the book read like a list of things she does and doesn't like. So I made myself <laughs> on my notebook I made three lists I, and I'm gonna read them to you really fast. Um, okay. thing, things Sarah doesn't like: politics as usual, anti-hunting groups, pundits, Birkenstocks, people from Berkeley, John Kerry, and Obama. Things Sarah does like: pipelines, oil, gas. <laughs> Oil and gas pipelines, gas, oil, natural gas, pipelines for oil, natural gas, oil companies, words like destiny, fishing, and then things Sarah's conflicted about. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's that's what it's about. I actually kind of, I kind of love the Sarah Palin character. I think it's like actually one of the great, great tragic characters of uh, of literature. I think you guys have to appreciate what's going on here, right? So the first half, you have this person with just like made up entirely of like convictions and like hatred of the system that she's become a part of. And the second half of the book is just that system bringing her down. And um, there's something really poignant about that. It's just um, someone who, 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 you know, sees herself as the best and as able to change what she doesn't like about the world and turns out the world wins. <laughs> it's kind of awesome. The first great moment in the book about that is when she's heading up this energy committee. It's like the AGOCC or something like that that has some regulatory function over energy and oil in Alaska. And she's calling out corruption. However, she was getting so much flack from the press as a whistleblower and couldn't respond because it was an ongoing investigation that – she felt that all these people, you know, could could do better by her leaving the committee and being able to be a, a glory hog somewhere else. <laughs> that is, I'm so glad you mentioned that. That was one of the most incredible points in the book because she's clearly really frustrated, fighting for the side of good and failing, and so her conclusion <clears throat> is, I need to quit and go manage my son's hockey team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how she's going to go affect change in the world. Her conclusion is always quit. It's really no. great. <laughs> I could talk for an hour about this. I mean, <laughs> if she's a tragic figure, don't tragic figures have to uh, have a realization at some point that... That's what makes her so unique. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
so I don't remember. Maybe I don't remember my high school English as as well as I could. So so help me with this. Normally in a tragedy, it's like delusion, 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 self realization, and then death, right? Something like that. Usually. Yeah. So, about right. Which is exactly what she had here. So yeah. so basically, all she's doing is she's taking the standard Greek tragic form and replacing real uh, self realization with more hubris. <laughs> yeah, right. Here's how it felt, right? I've never, I was, you know, raised in a, a fairly progressive area of the country. And so listening to this, it felt like discovering porn for the first time. You know? <laughs> it's just like something that's like so, like, socially unacceptable. Like, if anyone knew I was listening to Galen, <laughs> it would be so much worse than, like, you know, than me reading porn on the bus. Oh, no, I, I hide that shit on the bus. I have the iPod Touch, you know, and it has the yeah. big album. Oh, mark a huge picture, yeah. Yeah, and so like I turn it on and then turn off the screen, put it in my pocket. You know? Yeah, I had to do the same thing. And I also, I have to say, I listened to this. It was basically she was helping me through this Thanksgiving because I was I was on DC and most of my family's on the West Coast, so I was I was like alone and went to friends things. But I, she just walked me around everywhere. I went to the gym with her, and I have to say honestly. Listening to it on the gym isn't bad. Like yeah. it gets, it, it's like you're running away from <laughs> <laughs> unsuccessfully, but still. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Guys, can, can I offer an alternate reading for a second? Yeah, sure. of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What if Sarah Palin actually is a progressive, right? Like she's a like you know, very 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 liberal Democrat, but she knows that she could never ever get elected president, right? Mm-hmm. And so the best thing she could do is to um, build up her political career as a Republican and then sandbag a Republican candidate. So so by extension, I can just assume that anything she says, she means the opposite of? Yeah. Because that'll be fun to read the rest of the book. She's doing a long con, that's all it is. I got a question for you guys. Please. So, you guys know, you know, marry, have sex with, kill? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, okay. Off kill, yeah. yeah. Mary, Mary Buff kill, right. Yeah. Um, Palin, Bella, and Noah Calhoun. <laughs> I'm marrying Noah. No, no, of course, uh, Stephen being the, the, the lead from, um, the, from notebook. the notebook. Just picture Ryan Gosling with a beard and in a tank yeah. top and wet. Oh yeah, I'll just I'll just look at my poster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, great. Right. <laughs> uh, because I think uh, Noah Calhoun is the only person that could possibly match Palin for folksiness, and Bella is the only person that could match Palin for hatred. Okay, so I'll answer first because this is an easy choice for me. Because although he is just as folksy, Noah Calhoun is also useful around the house, and marriage involves house. So <laughs> definitely gonna marry him. Uh... But but here's the real question, right? I can only kill one of them. I know, that's the issue. <laughs> can I boff the other one to death? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you can, but you won't get away with it. <laughs> I'm willing to take that chance. You can't, that's, answer the question, man. <laughs> the, they'll never pin it on me. <laughs> they will. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know what? Okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to boff Bella, and here's why. Mrs. Palin is too fertile for me. <laughs> I do, I do, true. I do not want to have shared custody of anything with her. Yeah. Okay, but here's the question. <laughs> I think, I think everyone's probably gonna shake out the same way on that one, right? Yes. Then, then my follow-up is, okay, Palin and Bella. There are two jail cells. Okay, one of them has Palin in them, one of them has Bella. Yeah. You have to be detained in one of them. 
I've got to listen to one of them. Yeah. Which one do you get locked up with? Get locked up with Palin? Get locked up with Bella? Mind you, they'll both talk. <laughs> oh. So that's interesting. Cause, because, you know, New Moon Bella spends a large part of that book not talking. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. She could just look out the window and time could go by. <laughs> I'd take depressed Bella, sure. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Palin on this one. Yeah? I am. Yeah. Because Bella depresses me. And SP doesn't depress me so much as fill me with rage, and I feel like that could fuel my prison workout. <laughs> so. That's his, it is powering Steven's workout right now. Yeah, yeah it is. There you go. And, and I've seen Steven's body. I, 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 I'm envious as all I get out, so. Yeah. 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 It's pretty awesome. <laughs> my, my answer depends on... Um, what did I do to be thrown in prison? I mean, do, do you deserve it or not? Do you feel like you're... <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, you know, I would choose Palin, and here's why. Because I bet if if she was locked up for something and she was going to be there for a long time, I bet she would just throw off this whole persona she's going for <laughs> and actually be, you know, a reasonable person. Admit and, how uh, she really is. <laughs> right, exactly. Clearly, exactly. You know, the, the plan has failed. And as a mom, she would feel obliged to take care of your ship wounds. (laughs) (laughs) Something I want to say, actually, because of our uh, murder... uh, Sorry, our Mary Boff Kill segment. Now, murder Boff Kill, I would be more down for with that group. (laughs) (laughs) You boff Noah Calhoun, then? I'd boff Noah Calhoun in a heartbeat. Okay, great to know. <laughs> Noah's prone to heart disease, so he's not a big concern in the long run. Well, well played, Alex. Um, <laughs> no, I, I want to say that we, we, we actually wish no ill harm uh, to, to Sarah Palin, uh, and we were talking about the character, the fictional character Sarah Palin, which in no way I'm sure resembles the real-life person Sarah Palin. Is, is this you talking, or is this your lawyer girlfriend? This is uh, the lawyer girlfriend I have in my head. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she's that effective on you that now you just apologize for things preemptively this is useful man she has secret service still <laughs> yeah she does i know i would say this is by far the, the most dangerous person we've insulted so far so um yes i'm gonna cover my ass on this one well she's the first person that's real i mean <laughs> i don't think that's true <laughs> what do you mean? You think Robert Langdon is out there solving yeah. mysteries? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think Robert Langdon is significantly more real than Sarah Palin. <laughs> Palin logic, I think, is one of the most most interesting things about the character, actually. Like <laughs> the things she says don't have to like fit with each other. It's like she just keeps on moving, you know, like she doesn't bother that they contradict maybe. Also, you know, like she's really good at giving you the implicit message. She's good at coded language. Yeah. She said of her campaign manager's uh, wife, Chris had grown up in Wasilla and was younger than I. We had babies at the same time. Mm. Right? You know what that means? Mm-hmm. Chris is a slut. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good catch. Younger than me, babies <laughs> at the same time. All right. Does that mean what? That means they got married to have sex. Ezra's lawyer girlfriend is also in my head, so I would like to make it clear that Chris, the character, 
is a slut. The real life Chris, I'm sure, is a average sluttiness. And no Wait, which Chris are we talking about now? Chris, uh, the wife of camp- campaign manager. For, yeah. uh, so how slutty is this Chris? Oh, our Chris? Yeah. Chris, uh, how slutty are you? Um, I'd say a six and a half. <laughs> like a Wasilla eight? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wasilla eight. <laughs> um, okay, so, so the thing that I loved, uh, my, my favorite moment of Palin Logic was when she was talking about um, Todd, uh, meeting Todd you know, as, a, uh, as a youngin. Oh, this is a highlight for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a great moment, right? And um, and she talks about you know how Todd w- did not care about material like material objects, all right? <laughs> so he's like he's like this is pretty much it, all right? Todd did not care about material objects. He bought his car so he'd get places. He bought his truck to move his snow- snowmobiles. But like he didn't really say why he bought a snowmobile. <laughs> <laughs> he bought the snowmobiles <laughs> to help the poor. <laughs> But it's snowmobiles because have you ever snowmobiled? It's a blast. <laughs> God wants me to snowmobile. He bought his heroin because that was also pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Todd Balin, the first dude. If I was going to make a movie adaptation of this and I had free reign to change it a lot, I would uh, <laughs> I would uh, make Todd the, the person who holds the key to the twist ending. Just because he's there the whole time, but silent, <laughs> yeah. and like you wouldn't suspect him. He's perfect for that. Like yeah. he probably he probably killed somebody in the beginning, and we didn't, totally didn't notice. In the last and all chapter, of a sudden he's leading a, a ring of international jewel thieves. You know, <laughs> exactly. Maybe, maybe this is like the Stepford Wives, and he actually killed Sarah Palin twenty years ago, and made an animatronic that looks just like Sarah Palin, and is running governor. That's pretty good. Awesome. Could have done a better job. <laughs> <laughs> what everyone else's uh, change be for for the movie? Hmm. I would say instead of a whistleblower, uh, uh-huh. she has a rifle, <laughs> <laughs> and she could just blow. She could blow her. She'd call it the whistle, but she'd just shoot you in the face. She's like, <laughs> here's what I would change if I was making the movie. The uh, the most recent baby Trig would be the baby from The Incredibles. Yes. <laughs> oh, nice. <Jack>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the baby is on fire. <laughs> baby's, a demon. baby's a metal she gets really alarmed calls from Bristol yeah. <laughs> um, baby's doing herself really weird <laughs> for the record I think my change would be pretty much the same thing except that um, we get um, Sean Penn to play uh, Palin because he did such a good job with Milk so what you get is kind of like kind of a lot of interior focused overacting <laughs> I want to see Sean Penn do a Palin voice. I think he'd be really good. I think you're going to get something less like Milk and more like I am Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I am Milk. <laughs> um, my change, and I'm going to steal this from Alex, you know, but let's just make Sarah Palin a Velociraptor. Yes, dinosaurs. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would change I think, everything. I, I think that adds a lot more complexity to the character of Todd. A <laughs> um, man in love with a velociraptor. <laughs> and and how much tragedy does that add to the poor character of Little Piper? <laughs> you know, half girl, half lizard, six years old, just learning to read, and discovering that she has to run away from mommy when mommy's hungry. 
when uh, when when Palin brings home the the results of the sonogram, Todd is like, "Hey, hey, is it a boy this time? Because we've had so many lizards." <laughs> <laughs> and then Sarah Palin goes. <laughs> All right, we should we should compliment and then move on with our lives. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Steven, you got to get to bed cuz you got to wake up really early tomorrow and start trying to ruin the world some more. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait. Um hey, so so now we go backwards. So Steven, it is your turn to go first for your second compliment. Okay. Uh I want to say that a lot like her her um gnarled ankle that this this book serves as a reminder that uh, if I put my mind to it, I can really accomplish anything. Not because of the lessons she taught me, but because I actually listened to all seven and a half. <laughs> so anytime I see it, like I'll know that I can do something that I just don't want to do so bad. But I, I can just close my eyes and and Play it'll it. be done seven and a half hours later. <laughs> it, she's showing you the strength of America by torturing you. Right, exactly. You're stronger exactly. than this. <laughs> yeah. Not even I can take you down. Yeah, I feel like that's it's like the moment in Fight Club, right? Where she's like she's like, you know, get the get the lie on the hand, she just kisses it. <laughs> doing to us. Oh man. That's how I'd remake that. <laughs> just Fight Club. Oh. I, I like I like to picture Sarah Palin uh, kisses your hand and then puts her book on it and you just start screaming. <laughs> you don't know how this feels. <laughs> I know exactly how this feels. <laughs> you can read this, which will make it worse. Or, <laughs> so... or you can boff me to death. Oh, God. But not her, a character of her. A character of her. A character of her. And remember, it would take a lot of boffing. She's a breeder. Um, <laughs> we would get boffed to death first, actually. Yes. Oh, <laughs> what a horrible fate. Sarah Palin boffs you to death. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did I do? As Do I deserve it? Yeah, you deserved it. <laughs> is she still a Velociraptor? <laughs> <laughs> um, my compliment is not a compliment of the half we've read so much as the ghost of going rouge yet to come. And uh, that is, I'm super excited to see how she explains away the haircut and the $10,000 worth of clothes that she bought. 150 <laughs> No, it was, it was 10000 just for the speech itself and then 150 oh. um, for the whole thing. And, you know, the shopaholic in me, you know, uh, curse that book, but I love it, <laughs> um, just really wants to, uh, wants to figure out how she explains away her humble grassroots campaign strategy that involves $150,000 worth of clothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me get my comp in. Okay, so the thing that's, that I love about this is that Sarah Palin hates the elites, okay? Yeah. Um, and what she really loves is, uh, you know, common Americans. Yes. And all this time in my life, I was trying to achieve something, you know, that would make me an elite. It's way easier if I try to go down the other way and bring myself down to the common level. <laughs> that's, so my life just got a lot easier. Well, that's that's that, uh, you know, that's that up by your bootstraps thinking that she likes so mo- so much is to make sure whatever you do, you never achieve success, but that you you fail on your own accord. Oh, uh, I'm gonna fail so hard. <laughs> this is for you, Palin. <laughs> I guess that I guess that leaves me. Uh, so my my final compliment is uh, th- I guess, okay. I guess this is about Palin as a person. 
like not the book. This is about her. But okay. she mentions that when she announced that she was running for governor, it was in her living room with a few reporters, a couple of close family members, and it was during Piper's birthday, so there was cake. Yeah. And then she mentions that when she won governorship, there was a big debacle, and it was great. Or, or maybe it was when they got the pipeline approved. I don't remember. Anyway, later on in the book, there was a big accomplishment, and she says, and we all ate a lot of cake. And everything else, you, you can say whatever you want bad about Sarah Palin. She knows how to throw a fucking party. Pro-cake. She is pro-cake. And I I know the Democratic Party is anti-cake. The elitist anti-cakers. Well, they're, they're elitist pro-flan. And you know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just can't get with that, you know. I need me some Duncan Hines from the mix. <laughs> Funfetti icing. That's a real. You like a good easy. meringue. You know, I read both menus and one just made more sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think cake is a great place to leave the show. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go eat cake and feel happy again. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to us and most importantly thank you for not reading this book but of course if you do want to read it like i said audiblepodcast.com slash read it weep thank you very much for being here steven we're glad to have you uh yeah yeah thanks for having me guys i appreciate it and as always thanks for being with me chris and ez yep of course my name is alex we'll see you next week on read it and weep The email address is podcasts at readweep.com, and you can support us and get a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash readitandweep.